the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So here it is Friday. I know some of you will not be able to listen to the show uh, in the second hour when uh, Tim Lim and Mark Pellegrini are going to be on and we'll get into a long discussion about uh, the movie uh, Halloween uh, Kills. So let me just tell you right up front, if you like slasher movies, you will like Halloween Kills. The title of the movie is very descriptive of the movie itself i will say that after the first 10 12 minutes of the movie there's probably a kill every four to five minutes in this movie so there's a lot of bloodshed just so you'll know if that's not your cup of tea i'm going to tell you to avoid this movie if that doesn't bother you, in fact, that's the part about Halloween, the the scares and the, you know, Michael coming out of places you don't expect him to show up and things of that nature, then this movie is definitely uh, for you. Uh, myself, you know, I like a little bit of uh, plot to my movies as well and not just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big Friday the 13th fan because all it was was you know a bunch of young people and if somebody had sex they died all right so i wasn't big time into those those movies all that much the first one is probably the best one and then i think it's the third one when uh, jason gets the mask is probably uh the second best one but uh if you like halloween this one picks up i kind of like the way that they did this this one picks up uh in the minutes after Loomis takes his shot at Michael. All right. This is where it picks up. And uh, there's actors playing young, uh, the younger parts of the first Halloween movie. All right. So those characters are back in the movie at the very beginning uh the the first part of this movie i'm gonna say about first 15 20 minutes is what happened between the attack on laurie strode and she was taken to the hospital and michael getting to the hospital for halloween too so there's a lot there's there's that whole storyline is what starts it off if you watch the trailer 
you think where they're going to pick this up is right at the house fire, right at the end of the, the last movie. That is not the case. I thought it was pretty ingenious the way they started this movie. I just, but, I just walked in. Are you talking about Michael Myers? I'm talking about Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> Halloween kills. I went and saw it yes. last night. Let me tell you this. Chris, do you like slasher movies? I'm, I love all movies. Okay. If you Except like, for Home Fries. Uh, okay. I'm just, I'm just telling you, if you like slasher movies, then you've yeah. got to like slasher movies. Michael Myers is awesome. To like Halloween's this. awesome. Yeah. I mean, this movie is bloody, bloody, bloody. I is mean, it really? Yeah. It, it lives up to its name. <laughs> I'm going to say after the first 20 minutes, there's a kill every four to five minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, is this, this is Halloween 2. It's like they're no, redoing this is, it? Or? No, no. This is Halloween Kills. Oh. This is a, a continuation from... The Halloween that was released two years ago. Okay, I've missed I've missed a lot of. Yeah, them. so you got uh, you got the reboot that had happened, right. and now you're back uh, to the storyline of Lori and her daughter and her granddaughter, and in this movie, it's the town of Haddonville saying we've had enough of this crap. <laughs> All right. But uh, you got to well, see these it. Are, these it's are a good classic. Movie. Oh yeah, like it's, it's, horror movies. I would, Freddy Krueger. I would Michael put it Myers, in there. Jason. You watch. You, you watch Netflix, right? Oh yeah. Do you watch that uh, series? I forget what the name of it is. Heidi, maybe you know what the name of this is. Yeah, they take movies from certain years or certain eras. Yeah. And then they show all this backstory of the different movies and some of the crazy stuff that they went through to make the movie. And, nice. Uh, how sometimes in some of these movies, the studios didn't want to make the movie, but oh, for really? some reason or other, or somebody in one studio says, I'm not going to do this. And then somebody else picks up, you know, Back to the Future instead and oh, gets a huge interesting. hit. Interesting. You know, it's, it's a really good show. Well, this month, like that. this month, like you'd like this because it's all, it's, let's see, they start off with Halloween. Right. They talk about the making of Halloween. Then they go into Friday the 13th. Yeah. Then they go into Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, man. Freddy Krueger still gives me Okay. Nightmares. They put him in there. And then they move into Aliens. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. It's really, you'll learn a lot of things about the making of the movies and stuff. That stuff's cool. I, I like, um, if you buy some of the movies on Apple, sometimes they give you the movie script. Mm. Like you can have access to the movie script. And it's pretty cool to look at that and then see how the creative license, the creative the, things that they the, do. The actors and mm-hmm. things. Okay. Yeah. I give uh, Halloween Kills a B. Okay. Okay. Look, it it doesn't give you it doesn't give you too much new stuff about Michael right. Myers. Right. It gives you some, but it doesn't give you a lot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's a the third one comes out of this trilogy comes out next year and it's called Halloween Ends. Nice. So, you know, how do you get rid of Michael Myers? Oh, he's tough. She's beyond I, tough. He's, he's tough. supernatural. Yeah, all right. He's right. supernatural. That's right. And uh, pretty pretty good. Loomis was always right. He's nothing but evil. <laughs> all right. You got to understand that about Michael Myers. He's nothing but evil. It's a great, uh, great movie. I don't know who the guy is that they got to play Loomis in this movie, but he looks exactly like Donald Pleasance. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 
you wouldn't know the difference in them from the originals. Yes, from the original Halloween. You know, he he played the original psychologist. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I don't. Yeah, little, all I can picture is that mask with the holes in it in the face. Yeah, and, of William oh, Shatner. Man, you know that's a William Shatner mask. I didn't know that. Yeah, Captain Kirk. Really? They took a Captain Kirk mask and they shaved off the sideburns. And they painted it this ghostly color. Yeah, and did some different things to it. And is that in the backstory? That's interesting. Yeah, you, you, I mean, they don't say on them in the movie. Yeah, hi, I'm Captain Kirk. I'm boldly <laughs> going where no man has gone before. They don't say that, but uh, but uh, it is Kirk. Hey, you know, they actually put him in space the other yeah, day. Yeah, yesterday. You know what I was wondering? It's pretty about cool. That? Yeah, I was wondering. I was hoping I would see the guy in the red shirt. Right, the guy that never makes it back on the original Star Trek shows. You know the red. <laughs> you talking about Pike? Yeah, I'm talking about the red shirt guys. You know the guy that is not going to make it back in the yeah. scene. You okay, know, he's going to die. Yeah, Pike. I'm glad no one was wearing the red shirt because you remember that Kirk was not the initial admiral of the Enterprise. I don't remember this. Pike was. And, oh my gosh, you're right. And he was on that, you know, they they gave us a series of uh, episodes yes. dealing with that planet oh, where yeah. he got hurt really bad, and they gave him his body back by putting him in a machine, but he was seeing himself all right in his mind. Oh, yeah. That was a planet where the, was that the planet where the aliens were... Just there's brains always, or something like that. There's always an alien. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was a pretty good uh, storyline in I, that. I did get to see James Bond the other day. Did you like it? Don't give it, it away. Was outstanding. Do not give it away. I can't give it away. I John, mean, they have... Steinbuck's not here, and he didn't make the movie. Oh, he hasn't seen it yet? He hasn't seen it well, yet. Well, Steinbuck is coming. He is. Yeah, he's coming. Here's the key about that. It's so good. Did they not keep that twist secret? It was amazing. I can't believe they've kept the, the main twist so so secret it's that nobody a, knows it's coming. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it's great. I really, it is one of the best Bond movies ever made. Uh, 100%. You know, I, I'm thinking the one that probably is the best is the the one that M died in. That, um, oh, that's a good one. I mean, that that yeah. brings back all of the old stuff oh, yeah. into it, which was, was really, what was that called? I can't think of the name of it now. Something fall, something fall. I can't. I'll, Skyfall. Skyfall. That's what it was. That was a you great know, I movie. The, I love the soundtrack to that movie too. The soundtrack yeah. was awesome. Yeah, Skyfall was really. Good. Oh man, I can hear it right now. Where, yes. they, where, where he was running from the house and yes. he was going through the tunnels and stuff. That oh was, yeah, that was a great movie. It really was. All right, so uh, yeah, B for Halloween Kills. Uh, you can do worse. I'm going to go I'm see just it. saying, you can do worse to see it. Uh, Check out what they've done to Michael Myers' mask. It's very cool because, you know, he came through the fire. Yeah. And uh, they've got it kind of, it looks like it's kind of melted on the side to his head. Oh, really? Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's it's really good. It's really, I mean, look, right. Well, I it, love hearing about the movies you see because you'll tell me the truth about the movies. Well, yeah, I'll tell you whether they're and, good or not. And we have a lot of the same taste in movies. And I love movies. And i tell you what. I love the previews. Oh, yeah. The previews. As there's, long as they don't give it away. True, true, true. Now, there's, they were having some that they do. I, in the next six months, all these great movies are, are coming Are you ready out. for next weekend? 
What's what? Who's Dune? Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. See, if this is as good as I think it's going to be, this is going to be a thinking man's Star Wars. Well, I can't. That's wait to what see it's it. going to be. It really is. Well, I, I, I just started confused. reading the book again. I, well, I was going to get it. I haven't read it. I was going to go oh, get it. Oh, it's a great book. But now, I read it when it's in previews, college. Haven't they showed the the Moeb device that wins the war? Where is that in any? Well, there's two. Okay, there's two movies that have to be Moider made. Or He's something. only done one movie. Oh, so they got a they've got a sequel. They got to. I mean, Zendaya has already uh, recorded, evidently. Most of her part for the for the sequel because she's not she's in this one, but evidently not as much as she'll be in the second one. Okay, so we'll have to see what's going on. I I don't get what the big deal is. Oh, two movies because movies like Dune and It and stuff you can't make it in one movie. That's right, you can't. You just can't do. It's just too much too much layers there that you got to deal with. Oh well. Uh, I've only read a couple of Stephen King books, but they're, what, three inches thick? Well, it's like I keep waiting for HBO to say, let's do The Stand right. Oh, man. I mean, seriously, you could do The Stand <laughs> right if if you did several episodes of it. Or Netflix. You know, Netflix is uh, spending some money. Have you watched Squid Games yet? I, no, everybody's told me about it. It's it good? good. Okay. It's good. All right. I'm it's got it. some interesting questions to it. Right. Really yeah. does, yeah. Squid Games is good. Right. All right, got to take a break. Chris is here and just walking in is Robert Steinbach. He is here. My main man. We're not going to tell him about how the long? James Bond No, movie. no, we won't tell you about that. <laughs> hey, by the way, how long have we known each other, Robert? Has it been about 12 years now? Yeah, it's been a while. Chris, we're going to, you'll be there too. You're kind of right. like my duck. <laughs> All right. As, as from cars. You, you, you came in a little late, but your duck has been now with me for 16 years, you awesome. know, on the show. Right. All right. Bottom line, uh, East End Towing wants you to know that no matter what situation you catch yourself in, they know what they can uh, do for you and they can handle it for you. They belong to the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They're licensed. They're insured. Everyone, their trucks is permitted. Uh, they know what to do if, let's say, you're on private property and need a tow. Uh, they'll make sure you get towed to the place you want to be towed to. You won't end up in some, you know, yard somewhere. So uh, you call East End Towing and let uh, Patrick uh, McIntyre's people take good care of you. You call 501-888-8849. 501-888-8849. Put that number in your phone so you have it when you need it. That's East End Towing. All right, we've got to talk about uh, serious stuff now because Steinbach's here. Uh, Robert Steinbach is here. Of course, he's a law professor. Oh, it's Bowen School of Law. And uh, he joins us. His opinions are his alone and not necessarily those of the school of law or uh, the uh, university they are affixed at the hip to. Given that I just filed a uh, discrimination complaint against the administration for failing to respect my Jewish observance, uh, I think your statement is a fair statement to make that our views don't always agree. Well, they didn't give you a day off? Oh, or? no, here's, here's the latest. You're going to love this, Dave. Uh, so um, I had taken off, as I've done for nearly 20 years, for the most recent Jewish holidays, the Jewish New Year and the uh, the Day of Atonement. 
and I get this cryptic email from the dean saying, I heard you were, were not in class that day. Uh, can you tell me why? You know, uh, because there's no institutional memory, right? Right. Uh, and she said, well, were we out sick? You know, no, of course, if I was out sick, yeah, I would have called it sick. being a very high religious right. day right. in uh, Judaism. Nobody at the law school, see, in, at least in the administration, seems to be aware of Judaism. Are you the, Are you the only Jew that they got? Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's a bit, albeit, you might recall at the hearing uh, that the dean identified someone who's not Jewish as Jewish. So I'm not sure, you know, they can tell... <laughs> Uh, uh, um, uh, you know, we should play the game Jew, not a Jew, right? Um, <laughs> so so um, she said, well, you need to fill out an accommodation form. I said, All right, I'll fill out an accommodation form because, you know, you know what one bureaucrat likes more than anything else? More bureaucracy. So uh, I filled out True. the form and I said, I take off the Jewish holidays because I must and I will. And so I said uh, three options. I make up the time by... Uh, adding minutes to existing classes. I make up the time by holding a makeup class or I have a guest speaker, all three of which I've done in the past. And she said, no guest speakers allowed. Wait, what? Wait, what? When by did, the way, when did that happen? Yeah, when did that happen? Hello? Wait. Uh, by the way, the guest speaker in my class this year, federal judge. So, you know, it's not like it's nice. someone who's qualified, right? right? Wait, let me see if I can do the math on this federal judge. Law, listen, this federal judge, smart guy, and therefore probably has some conservative values, right? Because smart people have conservative values. (laughs) Don't even bring him into your classroom. What what, what happened there? You know, now he's apolitical, right? Because he's a he's a federal judge. But I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe there's a perception there. I got him. Maybe there's some conservative values. Who knows? I didn't ask him. I don't know. So. Uh, the the dean said, "Well, here's the deal. You see, you can you can uh, add the minutes. You can have a makeup class. You can't have a guest speaker." Wait, what? So I said, "Let me make sure I understand this. For 20 years, nearly, I've had guest speakers. Not allowed any longer. No, nope, not allowed. Not allowed. Okay. So I said, "Hmm, that's interesting." So we go to the uh, meeting with the HR department, uh, and she repeats that. I said, mm, "Well, I'll make a note of it." Uh, after the meeting, a colleague of mine, uh, who you know, who's Jewish, says, but Rob, I helped write the rules for the law school. Here they are. <laughs> it says, if having class is impracticable, you can have a guest speaker. So the dean's response is, no, that's if we have a power outage. Things, wait. What? Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, let me, wait, 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 wait. does it say power outage? <laughs> no, in the not, not only that. Explain to me how it's impractical for me to teach in a classroom, but when the power's out, but I can have a guest speaker come in when the power's out? So what, only I can't see in the dark or something like that? I mean, it's, it, it's beyond rational. So I've I filed uh, this morning before the Dave Ellswick show came on. Yeah. I filed a formal complaint with HR. I will be filing a, compl- a complaint with the Equal uh, Employment Opportunity Commission yeah. and the state version thereof. Chris uh, will be representing me therein as well as 100%. me representing myself. Yeah. It, we will co-counsel as we generally do. This is racial discrimination. Don't be a Jew at the Bowen Law School if you want to actually Observe Jewish holidays. Okay. Yeah, you're on it. You know what's funny? When, when and It's not funny, but what's weird and strange when these beer hacks get a hold of these rules, and they get a little power, and they make a rule up, it, it's nonsensical. 
They're trying to make a, the, the rules say something they don't say. Yeah, she, and we enter. We see it all the time. All the time. And and so uh, because if they have a little power, they want more. That's right. It's a, it's like it's like a virus that just keeps growing and growing. That's why, in all seriousness, Chris Corbett is running for state senate out of the Conway area. And, and we're going right. to talk about yes. that here in just a moment. Indeed, we got a break coming up, so we won't start right yes. now. But we'll, we'll tease it now. Pick it up. Yeah. You learn, you know, you've been with me long enough, you didn't even know the terminology. There you go. Let me tell you, folks, uh, in the Dave Ellswick audience, meaning all conservatives in Arkansas, as well as elsewhere, perhaps, uh, Dave has been on the radio now for 50 plus years, because I remember the 50th anniversary. Everybody stopped by, the governor, all the the federal senators, a bunch of state senators, uh, all wishing you the best. Dave knows this business and the operation in his sleep. In his sleep. And that's why when we come into the studio, you actually hear a better show than when we had to do it over the phone due to COVID. And we did it because of COVID. Don't get me wrong. But Dave, you know, he'll give you a hand signal. He'll look at you and he'll indicate, you go, you go. We got a break. Here's the deal. Yeah. Who was it? I think it was Elizabeth the other day says, it's like watching a conductor. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly. All right. Got to take a break. Got to take a break. We got news. We'll be back. All right, so that's the cat that got out of the bag before we took the break. Yeah, and and that's dealing with uh, you know Chris Corbett. We have kind of intimated that he might be thinking about going and running for office. He we may have made, mentioned it once or twice. Yeah, he's made it. May have come up. He is in now, passing. Yeah, but he's <laughs> he's made it. For sure now. Indeed. When you, right. he's of course, you haven't put cat. the money down, but, you That's know, right. but you've done everything but that. In fact, Spencer Hawk called you. Is that right? He did. Yeah. You did talk to him? Repre- I, I missed his phone call. Oh, okay. But he hadn't right. seen the he hadn't seen the Conduit News video yet. Okay. Yeah, go look at, go on Conduit News. It's a great source to begin with. Go uh, and watch the video. They've got this really attractive guy, me. Uh, <laughs> but then they've got a really smart guy, Chris Corbett, and he's the most recent video. Watch that one. Don't watch mine. Watch the Chris Corbett video, and then you'll know why you need to vote for Chris Corbett uh, instead of Spencer Hawks, because you want to vote for a conservative, not a rhino. I, you know, I had coffee with Spencer recently. Very pleasant guy. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's a nice guy. Uh, perfectly pleasant guy. Here's the problem. I'm not looking for pleasant. I'm looking for a fighter. I'm looking for someone who's representing my rights. I'm looking for someone who will keep government out of my pocketbook. Well, we want somebody that adheres to conservative causes. Amen. All right. We want somebody <laughs> that will fight against illegal immigration. That's right. That's we right. want somebody who will fight against special elections. And and that's not Spencer Hawk. No, sir. sir. I'm going to have him on. I've been been, his people have asked to come on and we'll have him on and we'll talk to him. Maybe we can set up a some kind of a debate or something here on the station. We might be able to do that. We'll we'll look at uh, getting that all done. I think it's fantastic because uh, I can't understand why. I went to vote recently on that awful tax attempted tax raise by King Scott here in Little Rock, and it was off-cycle election. One thing on the ballot. I had to go out of my way to vote on that ballot instead of having it on a a normal ballot that appears regularly. 
And so I wrote uh, to David Ray, because he's uh, my good friend, whose name I forgot the other day in a, in a conduit video, by the way. Um, brilliant of me, right? But nobody's accused me of brilliant unless you're using uh, sarcasm. Uh, and he, uh, uh, David uh, had uh, sponsored a fantastic bill that said, you want to do a tax raise, you got to put that on the ballot when people are going to vote. Not yeah, one right. of these back channel, behind the scenes, uh, closeted ballots. And Spencer Hawk... Hawks voted against that bill, and the bill failed. Spencer Hawks was amongst those people that killed that outstanding bill because it, he effectively supports back-channel ways to increase your taxes. If you really want, yeah. when you fill in for me sometimes, yes, sir. if you really ha- want to mm-hmm. have a guest on yeah. that can talk about that, that's right. have Alan Kerr on. Oh, Alan's terrific. Alan Kerr fought that the yes. whole time That's that right he was he in as a state rep. That's right, he did. And then he got undercut by a Republican. It came, he couldn't get out of committee because of a Republican. Yes. Wow. And and, and that was crazy. And, and, and to this day, I bring that up to the Republican. He says, well, Dave, I had – no, you didn't have to. You did, but you didn't have to. Oh, about the other Republican? Yeah, about why you voted the way you did to kill it in in, in the committee. Here's the other thing about about that notion and Spencer Hawks is he has a number of no-show votes. He didn't show up to vote. And, and and why didn't he show up to vote, by the way? Because he wants to be able to have it both ways. No, he wants to be George Jones. I don't know who George Jones is. George Jones, the great country singer. Yeah. He was known... Uh, affectionately as No Show Jones. No Show Jones. Because Why? you'd go to see him at his and show he and he either. wouldn't show up. Yeah. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Here's a, here's George the, Jones. Here's the someone. foundational responsibility of an elected official. Yeah. Show up to work. Yeah. Yeah. Show up and do your job. Well, what's well, interesting. If you get, if you get a, a, yeah. a paycheck, you That's should right. show up. Should you? Well, and, and what everybody knows about special elections, the facts are when you have these off-cycle votes. The chance of passing it. 85%. Yep, absolutely. Dave, 85% is going to Because pass. you're going to work hard to turn out your people. That's right. All right? And then you've got to work at not letting any other group That's right. fight against you. Well, See, I, I really think uh, we should be thankful for uh, City Councilman Hines, mm-hmm. uh, who fought against what uh, you know the, the mayor wanted to do. And yeah. they didn't just beat the mayor. They drubbed the mayor. Oh, mm-hmm. they, it, it was what? But I'll tell you. Uh, 80 no. 20 uh, uh, Bill DeRock went down. Two to one, I think. It, yeah, it, it yeah, went well, it's down. two to one. Right. But here's the key. You know, I, who I consider to be fairly aware of what's going on. Now, m- many other people may dispute that point. But fairly aware. And only a week prior to the election did I did I find out about it. I know. It's, it, it, it's hidden. It's just yeah. not on people's radar. And the other thing is, here's the reverse. When a new tax is brought out during the regular cycle, it has a very minimal chance of passing. 20, 30% a new tax is going to pass, say, in November when they have their regular election. Yeah, when most people are showing because up. Because they're the aware. They're aware. Like, hold yeah. on. I'm not paying more taxes. So don't, yeah. don't ever ask me to vote a tax on myself because I'll never do no, it. Exactly. No, exactly. Well, especially. Well, well, one day, couldn't you imagine? Yeah, you know what? When we cut our overwhelming environment of excessive taxes yeah. down to a minimal, yeah. then let's talk about whether at some point we need to increase it. That's but right. so far, I haven't seen pigs fly, so I'm not worried about that occurring. Well, yeah. it's, let, let, let's just ask Chris this, since he's going to run. So what are you thinking about getting rid of the state income tax? Oh, I think it's outstanding. 
I think they need to do what every other Arkansas citizen does. When they look around and don't have the money, guess what? They need to quit spending. So if we can cut it, they, I hear I hear the, the proponents and the opponents say, well, what are we going to do without the state income tax? Well, I don't know. How about stop spending so much? How about figure it out? Tennessee's doing it, right? Texas is doing it. We ain't good enough. Tennessee and Texas are smarter than we are. Exactly. Can we do what they're saying? Uh, It's outrageous. They go, what's going to happen if we eliminate the state income tax? You know what's going to happen? They're going to tighten their belt up. They're going to quit spending so much. I heard something the other day about a surplus in the government. Let's create a savings account. I bet every Arkansas citizen wants a savings account with $100 million in it. Right? The government doesn't Do you know how much money account. is in the slush fund right now? What? What is it? $1 billion. Exactly. One you know what? billion. That's with a B, not yeah. an M, a B. You $1 billion. Dollars. We tax too much. That's well, a lot of it's that money that the government sent us about COVID. Exactly. Is it going to go? Are we going to spend that on some parks? Yeah, what we're we going to spend that on. And we really needed that money, evidently, to fight COVID. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> we didn't spend it. And the great thing, that money came from nowhere, right? It didn't come from hey, our pockets. That's right. right. How about a tax refund? How about writing a check to every Arkansan who pays taxes? Here's a little bit of the great amount of money that we took from you back. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's uh, the truth. Who was the, who used to be the, before Crawford, who was the uh, congressman up there in the, in the, uh, the, the third, was it third or the first district? First district. I can't think. He was a pharmacist. I can't think of his name right now. Ross. No, wasn't Ross. Dickey. No, Dickey was in. Uh, in oh, too far fourth. back. No, 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 no. It was Dickey was in the fourth district at okay. the time. I, I just can't. Somebody call me eight two three zero nine six five. I know you know his name. I just can't come up with it off the tip of my tongue. And uh, he was up there. And you'll remember if you listened to my show back then that we had balanced the budget and there was a budget surplus and i had him on and i started asking him about what they were going to do with the extra money where they're going to give it back to taxpayer and, and oh. he had a million different things that he wanted to put that money on oh, really? well when you get yeah. free money yeah. it's easy to spend it i Conduit, mean we made man it has a news article on it it says high tax collections bring a big temptation to spend our tax money on non-essential items and means there's little interest in making sure state agencies spend our money wisely that's on conduit news that's exactly what chris is saying give the money back to the people stop putting both your hands in all four of my pockets and, and stay <laughs> right. away from me. How about this? Don't ask, don't tell. I don't need those hands fiddling around in my pockets. All right. We got to get a break in. It's quarter till seven. Chris Corbett is here. He is going to run uh, for state Senate in District what? 35. Okay. Fantastic. So uh, we'll talk more with him. We can get some more ideas about taxation and about cutting spending See, we don't have a tax problem. We have a spending problem. Amen. Quarter to seven. Dave Ellswick Show, P.I. Roofing wants you to know we'll do a great job for you to get your roof in good shape. You know, when you get rain the way we did a little bit last night, and we're going to get some today. And, man, when I was going to the movie last night in uh, in Cabot, and it was about, oh, quarter till, and it, was, it was early in it, 6.30. Yeah. It was pouring. I really? mean, it was pouring we had rain. That for a sh- a it was period here in it was coming down, and in fact, kind of freaked my wife out because it got so dark uh, outside that I was sitting on uh, Highway 89 
going past um, Walmart, and you know the 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 bridge that goes over sixty seven one sixty seven. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't see it. It was that dark, and she was getting kind of freaked out about. Is there any idea of Mike have some tornado activity? And I said, no, it's it's right. okay. Just relax. On the, it's a thunderstorm. She's from Texas. You say tornado to her, and you'll see oh, freak yeah. out city. I'm oh, just yeah. saying. Okay. So bottom line is PI roofing can, uh, when you get rains like that, make sure you don't get the rain inside your house. That's very, very important to you. It's PI roofing. Uh, you give them a call. 877-3551, or visit them online. Very easy. Visit them online. Just call. Uh, go online at uh, piroofing.com. All right, back with you. Got about 10 minutes till uh, 7 here on uh, the show. Good to have you. Uh, of course, Robert Steinbach here, Legal Beagle. He is our uh, resident law professor, conservative law professor, old Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the school or the university. I say that because the school requires me basically to say that. Well, it's important, frankly, because not only to protect me, but to demonstrate that we live in an environment in which academia is overwhelmingly leftist. And so, of course, my views don't agree with the people there. And they often, this is across the nation, uh, these administrators across the nation try to use the schools as their personal platforms for political advertising, essentially. Really? Isn't that the truth? Of course they do. I would never Uh, have thought that. When we were in the Senate recently, uh, before Jason Rapert's committee, uh, the the dean of the law school claimed I'm not the most conservative uh, faculty member. Uh, hey, I would love it to be true, but I don't know under what rock that mushroom is growing because I haven't found it yet. I couldn't find a more conservative person on the faculty with a flashlight and a stick. Now, I'm, I'm just, let me just say that. That sounds like sniper. I'm thinking that it. That, that mushroom's not growing under a rock. It's probably growing under a turd. <laughs> Listen, I'm too polite to say things like that. Haven't I demonstrated that in the dozen years I've been right. on the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM? Here's what I like about Chris. Chris believes in freedom. If I ever decided to run for office, my whole campaign would be Dave Ellswick, Freedom. That's Chris's it. campaign. 100%. Go ahead. That's, that's what it would be. I love it. Well, talk well, about know, your views, Chris. You know, what's interesting about that is um, what, what got me started down this path is I was litigating some of these ordinances that the city's passing, the ordinance that the county's passes through the quorum court, and then state law. So I'm talking, I started noticing on the city level, the county level, and the state level, the oppressing codes and laws that are out there and they they just it's it's like the the frog that's in the pot they turn the heat up a little bit right and all of a sudden you look around you're like man it's getting hot in here you it, this is literally how the code reads in the city of north little rock you have to have a permit to change a light bulb i'm for i'm being for real on this this is not archaic law something that was passed in the 1900s no you pull the city ordinances and you have to Go get a permit to change the light bulb. Are people doing that? No. But if the administrators, these bureau hacks, want to hammer you, they can write you a violation. Get on their bad side. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And um, so that's what started me down this path. And then I kind of, yeah, I got woke. I'll take the leftist. You know know what? I woke up. (laughs) I said, you know what? I got to do something about this. And then the next pattern was 
uh, all right, let me write a letter for you. No, that's not going to work. They laugh at you. I'll show up for city council for you. I'll be there and make your argument. They shut me down. I said, okay, you know what? I get it. We're going to file suit. And the first question out of an American's mouth, a citizen, a hardworking citizen with a job, making money, being taxed, they go, I can't sue the city. They're going to retaliate against me. Uh Because guess what? They got all those rules that you talked about at the beginning that they can use against you. Yes. And so I was like, well, they asked me, well, can they come back and do something? Yeah, they can come back and do something to you. And so here's what here's what led me into this. Now, I'm a plaintiff in a lot of the lawsuits. Chris, is, Chris yeah. is the lawyer and the plaintiff on three lawsuits regarding your gun rights. That's right. Against the city, against the county, and against the state. Yeah. All three are violating your gun rights. Chris is the plaintiff and the lawyer. I'm also That's co-counsel right. on the case uh, cases. Uh, and he's suing. In other words, he puts his money where his mouth is. He puts his name where his mouth is. Yeah. He's suing for your rights. And if he's elected to office, he's going to change the laws even further that's to right. protect your rights. Yeah, that's right. I'll, t- I'll give you just a, this is just a small example. And this goes out to these hardworking defense attorneys. Now, uh, DUI is bad, right? Driving, drinking and driving is bad. But guess what? I have a commercial driver's license. I have a CDL. I used to throw trash for a living. That's the truth. I still have a class B driver's license, right? CDL. If you get a ticket and you're a CDL driver, guess what? They suspend your license like that on DWI. This is before plea and arraignment. This is before conviction. Is that on any DWI? That's right. Okay. This is with a CDL, and I'm calling out that John Collins and uh, Mr. Bradley Williams and Conway. These they know what I'm talking about, and they go to an administrative hearing in front of the DFNA to go, "Hey, I need my driver's license back. This is how I make my living. I haven't even been convicted yet." And guess what? Administrative hearings, it's an all-no. How many administrative hearings have they're, we done? They're a joke. We've done them. <laughs> they're a they're joke. They're a joke. The administrative- you literally go to the Bureau Hack and yeah. say, you know that decision that you just gave? Can you overrule that Bureau Hack decision? Yeah. They're like, oh, what? No. That's just one thing. <laughs> these, are, these are, But these things that, that you hear about them, you go, no, that's not right. Yeah, that's right. And this is before plea and arraignment. This is before conviction. And so you're, they're fighting for these CDL drivers. This is how they make their living. And they lose their license. See, what Chris knows, being a lawyer, is your responsibility is to represent your client. He will do the same if he's elected to office. What do these hacks, these rhinos do? They don't represent their constituents. That's right. They literally walk bills in from, from agencies. DFNA says, well, we want a bill that collects more money and gives us less oversight. And they walk up to these bureau hacks. Look at the bureau hacks. Look at the bills proposed by these rhinos in office. Look at the bills proposed by Spencer Hawks. It will shock you that he claims he's representing your interests, not the bureau hacks' interests. Why would Spencer Hawks vote first to give back the money? to the taxpayers when the government inappropriately fined them a total of $60,000, not per person, right. but for everyone in total, he votes for it, good for him. And then when the governor says, uh, oh, I veto that, and calls Spencer and says, listen, even though you voted for it, now I want you to vote again it. I want you to vote against what you had just voted for, meaning John Kerry flip-flopper, and you know what Spencer Hawks does? Exactly what the governor tells him, because that leash ain't long. All right. right. Well, we're going to have Spencer on in the near future, so we'll be asking him questions about all of those kinds of things. 
But we'll, we'll also ask the tough questions of Chris as well. Let's 100%, do it. All right, Let's do it. You know, see what he has to say about those things. We've got about three minutes left. I want you guys to talk about something for about two minutes real fast. Let's do it. This happened uh, last week. I think it was last week. When uh, the AG of the United States came out and said, using the Patriot Act, we are going to uh, make uh, parents domestic terrorists. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Did you I've see read that? the letter. It was outrageous. I came up out of my chair. I said, what? You're kidding me. Now, what they're talking about, they're talking about having FBI agents in school board meetings. Yes. And let me tell you, I've read the case law. Federal agents have total immunity. They can grab you by the back of the neck, slam your face into the ground. And can you sue the guy? No, you can't. They have immunity. They literally have immunity under the law. A federal agent, and now not so much a city police officer or a county state police. Federal agent, total immunity. Yeah, it's uh, it. Here's the key: the Patriot Act was devised for foreign terrorists, people on foreign store uh, shores that were trying to do bad things here in the United States. Yeah, not for United States citizens. And it yeah. was something that I talked about at the very beginning that you had to watch because they would try to expand it, and they're trying to. And I I'm hope that Tom Cotton will get to work on this one. Oh, I hope so. We're talking about Americans, parents, uh, exercising their First Amendment rights. Yeah. That's what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Just saying, hey. The left does not believe in free speech. It is the first or second or third step in their movement towards totalitarianism towards communism. Don't kid yourself. It's real. This isn't hyperbole. These are exactly the acts that took place by the communists in the Soviet yep. Union. It is the Bolshevik Revolution yeah. all over again right in here slow on our motion. Shores. Yeah, in, on our shores. Alright, we're out of time. We're going to come back with Tim Lim and uh, Mark Pellegrini. Typically, I give these guys an hour and a half. I'm cutting them back to 60 what? today. You get what? 90 minutes next week, all right? It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you, sir. Chris Corbett, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll have you back on in the future, and I'll have, of course... Uh, Let's debate. Yeah. Let's do we'll it. We'll get that all together. All right, a break and more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's continue. I gotta tell you, I got a couple of guys on today. We haven't seen each other since the pandemic. Literally, we had we had Tim and Mark on. I'm thinking maybe once during the pandemic. Yeah, we had to phone in. Yeah, you guys had to call in. I was thinking yeah. about that because this morning I was like, when was the last time I was in studio? And my mind was telling me, "Oh, you've been in studio in the last year." And I thought, "No, I wasn't. I, no. I called into that one." We it it's really year. weird. It's really strange. Okay, so let me tell Tim. I've, I've already told you. I went and saw Halloween Kills. Oh, okay. It lives up to its title. Okay, is it a direct sequel to the one that came out a few years yes. ago? It is. Okay. Yes. Here, but here's how it starts. I I really like the start of this movie because there was questions I had in my mind mm-hmm. between Halloween one and Halloween two. 
what was Michael doing? <laughs> you know, after you know Loomis shot him and he fell off the balcony and then he disappeared. Okay. You know, so and then he shows up at the hospital. Right. So what was he doing during that other time? Because it took him some time to get there. Here is the answer to that question at the start of this movie. But wait a minute. I thought in the last movie it was the remake with Jamie Lee Curtis where Michael yeah. Myers is trapped in the house at the very yes, end. Yes, but they instead of starting immediately from the end of that movie, oh, I they see. went back and they said, hey, here's what went down between – Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. Okay, that, that's okay. interesting. It's like if the original Halloween 1 and 2, they take place like back-to-back like, yes. like um, these, but like there's still some missing time in that. It's like yes. Michael got shot and fell off the balcony, and then he just shows up at the hospital in part 2. Yes. It's like, what did he do before he got there? And so, they, yeah. they answer some of those questions, and it's very – there's some very interesting – scripting there well they're really good there has to be because it was assumed that that previous movie was a reboot but it sounds like they're treating it as if it's like no it actually no you ties into forget everything that ever happened before the uh, green started directing these movies okay and and and, uh, it's like the 1978 film is the only one that counts yes and then it's this new trilogy that's it yeah Yeah, it's that's pretty awesome because what they did is they they took you back and I don't know who they, how they found this guy, but there's a guy that looks exactly like Donald Pleasance in it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, at the very beginning. Okay. All right. So he's there, and it fills in a lot of stuff, and it's important stuff. Mm-hmm. It really is. And at the end of the movie, it plays in a part of the movie. I won't tell you that, but it's well, it's, it's gonna, good. It's going to be a trilogy, so there's still one more that's going to yeah, come out. Yeah, and right? that one is called Halloween Ends. Yeah, for that's a what little it's while, they'll make yeah, more yeah, sequels. Yeah. They're, they're rebooted yeah. again. But the bottom line, because it, it's, it, it, it's just a, a classic horror movie. I mean, you got the boogeyman. I mean, they start calling him boogeyman again in, oh, yeah, the shape, in this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's the shape in the script. Yeah. All right. That's what, what that was all about. But I'm going to say, it's a good movie. I liked it. The one from a couple of years ago. Now, I know I, what right. you were talking about. I said, like, it was all right. That's just because I've seen, like, the 10 other Halloween movies. Yeah. What I did appreciate about it, it's the same thing I appreciated about the 2009 Friday the 13th reboot, was that it was a back-to-basics one. Yep. Like, because the sequels, like, the previous five sequels had just gotten crazy. That's when you had, like... Halloween Resurrection with Busta Rhymes getting in a karate fight with Michael Myers of the Rob Zombie movies. Yes. And it's just, it got too weird and surreal. So, like, taking it back to basics was a good idea. It's good. These guys, well, Green and uh, who's the guy that did East, East, East Side and Down on HBO, the comedian? Oh, I like that guy. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? McBride? Is McBride. Danny yeah. McBride. Danny oh, McBride. Yeah. He's the other guy that, I mean, these guys are big time Halloween fans. And that's what they did. They stripped away all that crap, yeah. and they just went back to what Halloween was all about. Mm-hmm. That, as Loomis said, Michael Myers is what? A uh, force of evil. Evil. Yeah. That's right. That's what they went to. And it's, it's, oh, it's good. There's some, oh, this is a good movie. You know, it's funny, because you t- see all these, like, long-running franchises from the 70s or the 80s that have survived all this time, and you can always tell by decade, like, what the zeitgeist was for horror movies in that decade. Yeah, so, oh, like, sure. Halloween, uh... Like in the 90s, it was we've got to add some sort of supernatural mythology to all these slashers who were just guys that in masks who kill people. So Jason yeah. had like 
a demon heart that could possess people. Michael Myers was like the avatar of the thorn cult. You know, Freddy had that weird stuff with his daughter and Freddy's dead. Then they did the reboots in the 90s or in the 2000s where they started over. And now they're just like back to debooting and doing sequels to the originals. Okay, so I'm just telling you. If you were young and back in, what was it, 76, you went and saw the original Halloween and you thought, whoa, that movie rocks. Mm. This movie rocks. Okay. Now, my wife looked at me after it was over with and she said, I don't know if I can do any more of these. (laughs) And I said, why? She says, he never dies. Yeah. And I said, well, that's That's a point. He's (laughs) evil. Yeah. He's the epitome of evil. But I said, I will tell you that the next movie is called Halloween Ends. And she said, oh, okay. But she, the gratuitous violence got a little bit to her mm-hmm. in that. I mean, there are some scenes in this movie that are vicious. I mean, really. It's what Michael Myers is all about. Let's just sure. put it that way. They're vicious. Well, the kills are why you go see a slasher movie. You don't really go see it for the plot or the characters. You go see what's innovative. Yeah, you go and to see Karen. Kills. That's you not goes, true. I, no. I, I bring my opera glasses. And, <laughs> no, or you went to see the breasts. All right, one, oh, one yeah, or the, the other. The yeah, back in the still, day, do they still have that in this movie? No. no. Okay. No. I, you know, I'm trying They're to think. They're very sensitive about was that. Was there any? Yeah. Was there any nudity in it? I don't think it's, so. It's rare to get that. In, even rated R horror movies nowadays, you really don't see yeah, that Yeah, this is anymore. rated R because of you, gore. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. You go back and you watch like 1980s Friday the 13th movies, right? like part seven. Like all the gore is cut out, but all the nudity is there. Yeah, now it is. all the gore is there, but all the nudity is cut it's, out. It's funny <laughs> that he mentions that. So I never noticed it, but Mark was like, have you noticed that things are very, um, they're relatively sanitized now oh I mean, yeah it's, it seems it like are. violence is the one thing that you still get a permit for so i forgot this was a few years ago about two years ago i got i just got an amazon prime account and had all these movies i was like i'm gonna watch some of these 1970s horror oh, movies man. and i just thought there's a lot of explicit scenes in <laughs> yes, here there like, are. My gosh. <laughs> do you remember when kevin bacon was in the first one yeah, yeah of yeah. friday 13 through the throat through he that. had yeah he had he just had sex yeah. With a girl, and she told him, I got to go to the bathroom. And she got out of the bed to go to the bathroom, and suddenly an arrow comes up through his throat from yep. underneath the bed. Yeah. And then they did that in part two. They Jason comes in, and he spears two people while they're on the bed. Yeah, he did that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was not a good. It was not a good time to have sex. No, no. Of course it was not. Well, that was yeah. that was the morality play that yeah. went into it. I was, I've been I read a bunch of books talking about that. How essentially the modern horror movie is just. A, uh, a continuation of morality plays from like the medieval times. I believe it, and that's why. I mean, they talk about it in Scream, but it's like that's why you have rules for survival. Okay, so let me just tell you that the storyline of Halloween Kills is that all the people that Michael Myers has terrorized over the forty years finally decide enough is enough. They're going to team up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and they bring back Tommy. Doyle is back. Mm-hmm. Oh, the kid who couldn't open the door. Yeah, Tommy <laughs> Doyle is back, played by Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. You know, he's in it, playing that part. You've got uh, the the girl who was uh, being babysat by the uh, the teenager that was killed in the car mm-hmm. out in the garage. Oh, um, her name. Was, I know the character's name was Annie, but she was the sheriff's daughter. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she's in it. It's it's really good how they did. That. I'm just telling you. 
Mark, you'll really enjoy it, well, how they took the mythology and wove it all through this movie. Well, I mean, I saw, I've seen every other Halloween movie. Why am I going to stop now? Now, it's yeah. funny you mentioned Anthony Michael Hall playing uh, Tommy. I, Tim, who, who's the actor who played Ant-Man? What's his name again? Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. He's Paul the last Rudd. actor to play uh, Tommy. He's in Halloween oh, 6. Oh, that's funny. So they yeah. could have just gone Paul Rudd. <laughs> they probably could have, but I think he's a lot more expensive now. <laughs> I think like the... Uh, the value of Anthony Michael Hall and Paul Rudd has kind of ch- switched places since the night. Yeah. <laughs> do they bring? Do they bring back? So this is where Mark and I disagree. So I, I haven't, I haven't watched all these Halloween movies. I'm very tangentially connected to horror. But when he and I watched the last Halloween movie together, and I just died laughing, and I said that was that was fun entertainment. I liked it, and he and he was a little bit more. He was in critique mode because yeah. he's seen them all. But there's one scene that he and I definitely disagree on, and I thought it was hysterical. It was the part in that movie where uh-huh. the kid comes out of the stairs. He's like, "Don't go up there, lady. You're going to die." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does that yeah. kid come back? Yeah, that, yeah, he's in. He's in really? It. Oh yeah, he's oh in God. it now. Well, what he they, should be like three years older by now. Yeah, well, <laughs> well he is. Yeah. And, but he's on. They're they're talking about all the killings that yeah, are going yeah. on in Haddonfield, right? And they got this kid on. Uh-huh. And he says, I told her not to go up there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to watch uh, it. Just right. That was my favorite part that of that movie. That part yeah. was funny. I broke out laughing like in the theater. But then I had to stop. Like, wait, this is a horror movie. I shouldn't be laughing. It's this self-referential, is to be... though. Like, he's he's a... saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and, they, and, and they have the typical, you know, there's a typical Michael Myers scenes. He shows up yeah. at the times that you least expect him to show up, mm-hmm. and I love I love that. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, there, there's a scene, and I I told I leaned over and to Linda, and I go, "Remember what they said about 30 minutes ago?" And she says, "What?" And then all of a sudden, this stuff starts happening. She goes, "Oh, now I get what you're saying." <laughs> all right. So anyway, I said, "You got to follow this stuff, man. You, yeah, gotta, yeah. you know, pay attention." They cue you into it. I mean, yeah. if you don't think uh, slasher films are complicated, try drawing a flow chart of the Halloween franchise timeline of which oh movies are sequels Lord. and which ones aren't. I actually tried doing that, and it goes off in like seven branching directions. Like, oh man, you could do a thesis on this. Okay. It's a Halloween multiverse. <laughs> yeah, it is. There is. There really is. I mean, look. By the time they got to, was it four? Yeah, where they were were they're they're like Michael Myers. Yeah. They're like hypnotizing the kids and all kinds of weird stuff. It, it gets crazy. So like even like part three, that's the one that doesn't have Michael Myers. And it's the, yeah, it's the, he's not even in it. The, yeah, that's the one with the robots and Tom Atkins. Even yeah. that one gets worked into continuity because part six has a character who was in part three. And so the cult from part three is supposed to be the cult from part <laughs> six. Like, oh, it all comes together. Yeah. It's like that flow chart on the wall with all the lines going to it. Like, oh, it all connects. If you think that's tech. <laughs> Tough work for Marvel. No, oh, I was right, about to yeah, say, yeah. I was like, about to make a joke. If the Halloween movies were wildly successful, like billion dollars, imagine that there's like an HCU Halloween <laughs> shared universe. You know, <laughs> they, they've traumatic. That would be funny. So when di- funny. when Dimension uh, bought the rights to Halloween, they actually started doing script treatments for Halloween versus Hellraiser because they also have the rights to Pinhead from Hellraiser. They never got off the ground. I, don't I know wish that, that they would bring Pinhead back. They are. They are. Did you hear yeah. it about that? No, yes. she's a woman. Yep. It's, oh, a, it's a Hulu original. Of course, original. they got to flip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Clive Barker okay. is uh, show running it, um, so maybe there's Does some Is he writing it? Um, he's he's show running, not writing. Okay, um, yeah, he, that's yeah. the key. He, he's at, at least like co-producing wild it. what he writes. He is. I've read a lot of his stuff. Um, I mean, he's, he's a great writer. Uh I don't. I, he he wrote something called the Scarlet Gospels, which was his sequel to the Hellbound Heart, the book that Hellraiser was based on. Yeah. It wasn't very good, so I don't know. Mouth of Darkness was his, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, that was, um, his that's pretty fiction, good. I think his short fiction is better than his um, his longer fiction, his long form stuff. But 
what with the new movie their their excuse is that if you read the book that it's based on the hellbound hearts um pinhead they're not called pinhead but the Cenobite with pins in its head yeah. is a girl in in the book, so they're trying to go back to basics, but they're calling it Pinhead, and they're making that Cenobite the leader of the the Cenobites. When in the book, that wasn't named Pinhead, and she wasn't the leader. They're just they're using it as an excuse. To, I got to you. Gender swap. Right. Well, they got to do that. Okay, it's nineteen minutes after seven. Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget about Pat Davis. Uh, if you're on Medicare, you know that it's that year, that time of the year that you got to go out and get your health care all taken care of. Um, I just got my stuff in the mail yesterday. But the bottom line is, uh, if you're not on Medicare and you just want to have good health insurance, then uh, you want to talk to Pat Davis and let him work for you. He'll save you 30 to 50% on your health insurance. It's real health insurance. It's not a not a share plan. You can use any provider that you want to use, and uh, Pat will use them and then pattern out your health insurance so you save some money, don't pay any co-pays, and the, the hospital may even send you a check. Uh, talk to him about it. Pat, Her- uh, Pat Davis is at 501-605-6935 or on the Internet, yourhealthplanman.com. Save some money. Call Pat today. It uh, comes out Friday. I think it came out in Europe. Comes out next Friday. Okay. Dune does. Now, this will be the, the third try of doing a Dune movie, right? Because it was the David Lynch one from the 70s, and I think it was the 90s. Yeah, was Sci-Fi miniseries. did one, Yeah, uh, which was okay. It was okay. Uh, David Lynch was terrible. I. It was one of those cases where it's David Lynch, and I was like, I watched it back in the day, and I didn't like it, but that's how I feel about a lot of David Lynch stuff. Either I like it or I hate it, and it all comes down to how much of it I can follow. <laughs> yeah, some of his stuff is yeah. is good. Uh, he was the one that did the, re, the redo of The Fly, correct? Uh, that was Cronenberg. Cronenberg, Cronenberg yeah. Uh, David Lynch is Twin Peaks. I love Cronenberg. Oh, Cronenberg's okay. much... Uh, he's, I, I like all of his movies. <laughs> Y'all are discussing you know, the body horror. Oh, so he's, a, he's you, you wanna, big time into that stuff. You, you, you want to watch something precognitive, watch uh, Cronenberg's 1970s movie, Rabid. Um, it's oh, about, yeah. It's a, it's a pandemic movie um, about an outbreak and... The movie ends with the government mandating vaccine passports that you have to carry around with you to travel. Yes. And I was like, wow, that was really prescient that he came up with that in the 70s, and here we are now. Yeah. You remember who played the female lead, right? Oh, what's her name? I am trying to think of her name right oh. now. She she was a porn star. A, a lot of <laughs> 70s actresses. But she was. She was a porn star, and uh, she did a, a really credible job. On the movie, no, she was good. I mean, a lot yeah. of a lot of um, actresses in that field are genuinely good actresses. Not most of them, but some of them. It's just that they can't get better work. She's known. <laughs> she's known for her uh, body of behind work. Yeah. behind the green door. Oh, that's a famous one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and the story of a flea. I'm, that's the other one. That, y'all that sickos! Known, I don't know what you're talking about. She is also known as she was the ivory soap baby. Aww. Oh, what a strange career trajectory! Yeah, for her. She, she was different. <laughs> It was different, I, and I can't. She passed away a few years ago, and I can't remember. Doggone it! Today has been a bad day for me remembering names. I know. I can't remember. Her produced name a today. lot of uh, Cronenberg's movies from the seventies, like before he uh, really hit it big. Ivan Reitman. He produced Rabbit and Shivers, and before Reitman like started doing family films like Ghostbusters, like he did Heavy Metal. He produced. That oh yeah, one. I think he directed that movie. one as well. Yeah. It's it's interesting to look at um, Reitman's earlier work when he was young and wild and just yeah. doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What can I say? 
We all had that in us at one time. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. Reitman, isn't right? Isn't is it Ivan or is it his son who's directing? Uh, Jason Reitman, his son. His yeah. son okay. does uh, the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, okay. Afterlife. Yes, yeah. which I, looks good because I can't. I like the, the the people that they've cast in it. They're yeah. they're okay. Uh, Paul Rudd. We were just talking about. I like yeah. Paul Rudd, and uh, people are like, "Oh, boo, Paul Rudd." I was like, "No, nah, I think he's probably gonna be the best part of the movie." No, um, no, no, no. You don't no. think so? What's his name from? Uh, Stranger Things, Wolfhound or whatever his yeah, name is. The problem oh, the is kids? that I don't yeah. like I don't like kids, that but, was, they're, but they're good actors. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I saw I saw Stranger Things season one. Well, he's not a kid. Anymore. I liked it. Yeah, he's a teenager. Yeah, and it's it's pretty obvious there's an Egon connection because he's like he looks like yeah. a child Egon. Yeah. So we'll yeah. have to see. I, I mean, mean, that was my my one uh, like inhibition with the movie was like you know the Ghostbusters one and two were about dumpy middle aged guys basically working in sanitation but with ghosts and then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> kids kids are Ghostbusters now you know it's like Ghostbusters babies you know yeah I'm, but, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing it I want to give it a chance just because it almost feels like they're genuinely trying to do a course correction after that 2016 reboot that nobody liked they needed to and if the movie is actually good I do want to support it to send the message that hey you course corrected correctly so for for your listeners out there there's a a good barometer for judging movie quality not all the time it's it's failed a couple times but the way you do it is there's such a disconnect now in society between like elitists and your average joe that if you go on rotten tomatoes you can a lot of times find a movie and it's wildly disparate so for example yeah go to rotten tomatoes look up halloween 15 or 15 no halloween uh, kills and see 56 (laughs) percent look up that fauci documentary that just came out on disney plus it's 96 percent fresh from the critics it's five percent with the audience five percent that's crazy even how can you do a documentary and and put anything on screen that you can trust that fauci says well when they said that they were going to do it it was the laughing stock of it, facebook right it, they got ratioed so bad from people who were like you kidding it's, me it's just propaganda You're ma- you know? this is propaganda at this point well anyway for it's um, like gore's movie <laughs> well for um the ghostbusters thing uh, on Twitter, for example, for the official Ghostbusters Twitter account, they were, right. they were like, hey, happy anniversary for Ghostbusters. We've had many good years together. They put all these pictures from like the cartoons. They left out the 2016 yep, remake. They had Ghostbusters yeah. 1, Ghostbusters 2, the real Ghostbusters, extreme Ghostbusters, but not the 2016 one. Just like radio silence on that. Well, they, that they makes sense they because yeah. they know it, it sucked. It, it was bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. you should see the reviews, though. The early reviews from professional critics for Ghostbusters Afterlife are all giving it a thumbs down, saying that and it's all the people... If you go back and you track the records of their their movies they reviewed, they gave Ghostbusters 2016, the, the all-woman Ghostbusters, like two thumbs up, five stars, A+. Plus. And then this one, they're like, oh, boo, boo, you know. So they, they obviously have some sort of agenda. And that actually gives me kind of hope for that maybe Afterlife is pretty good. If it's ticking off these people who love the 2016 Answer the Call reboot, the Megan McCarthy, Leslie Jones Ghostbusters movie, if they liked that who one. Who was the black woman one, in that? Leslie Jones. Okay. She yeah. has been. You want to talk about somebody who is bitter. Oh, she's she's said a lot of things about, about uh, that. Yeah, she's really ticked <laughs> off. It's, she uh, was bitter about I, how bad that movie was, uh, you know, well, you know, I mean, accepted by she thought she was going to get a franchise see. and she yeah. didn't um she kind of just got i think her quote was that it's like we don't count and everyone's like exactly yeah. we don't. <laughs> and it, but she meant it as we don't count as women and i was like yeah. well no you don't count because the movie was bad it was it was bad it was not i mean it was not funny yeah 
That's what it was. It was not funny. Uh, it's because they got a bunch of unfunny actresses in it. All right. We got Bill O'Reilly coming up, and then we'll be back. Tim Lim is here, and so is Mark Pellegrini. It's good to have him here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's been a long time talking culture this hour with the guys. All right. Let me tell you about uh, what's going on with David Lucas. He asked some questions here. He says, are you concerned about out-of-control government spending? If you're not, you should be. Soaring inflation. If you're not, you should be. Political unrest. If you're not, you should be. And then at a rapid decline of the U.S. dollar. So what do you do about all of that? Well, it's why millions of Americans now do invest in silver and gold to help protect their nest eggs. Don't let 1970s-style inflation destroy your uh, retirement. Now, I know a lot of you weren't even around in the 70s. I was, and I can tell you it was terrible. Uh, Inflation 13%. Let me just tell you what. It was bad. You couldn't buy a home for the most part because the uh, cost of... uh, You know, the money that you were borrowing was so expensive. Well, now you can learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, like your IRA, your 401k, your hard-earned savings, by calling 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. And uh, the folks over at David Lucas Financial work with uh, one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. The number to call, 501-222-3315. Again, 501-222-3315. And by the way, if you have a 401k and it's not a Roth, so you put that money in uh, tax deferred, you might want to look at moving your money around a little bit to be protected because if the Democrats get their stuff together and they get that infrastructure bill uh, passed, uh, your income taxes are going to go up. And when they go up, the amount of money they're going to take out of your 401 is going to go up when you go to withdraw some money from it. I'll give you an example. I got a 401k. I I decided I'm going to sell my home. And uh, so I I went to see how much money I had, checked it out, uh, and uh, said, "Okay, I want to take X amount of dollars. What's what? How much am I looking at giving up in taxes?" It was twenty five percent. It's a quarter of every dollar I got to give to Uncle Sugar or to the state government. All right, investment advisory service are offered to David Lucas Financial. They got all the answers for you. They're an Arkansas registered investment advisor. So that's just things to think about when you're, you know, putting a 401k together. Do a Roth. You pay the taxes up front now at the tax rate now. You don't have to worry about what's the tax rate going to be in 30 years. Yeah. Just telling you. All the youngins out there, you got to start thinking about the money issues. Yeah, you better believe it. It's better. A, we're living in a different world. Uh, you you kind of <laughs> rode the gravy train for four years there, but it's a um, different ballgame. No. I mean, you know, you can get still. I'm still thinking playing the the stock market is all right right now, but that's going to end within the next year, year and a half. I think they have a saying: "It's the world you were raised to survive in no longer exists." So, like the world I was raised to survive in was the 1990s, and things aren't as as booming as they were back then. That's so right. It's, it's much more cutthroat now. So, and just keep it in mind. Just a little word for the wise. Yeah, you can just call me your 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 crazy grandpa or something you look uh, good dave you know, i feel good I, yeah. feel, I feel really good i've had some health issues during covid and uh, i got it taken care of and i don't have any toes on my right foot so 
things of that nature. So you know, there's been some surgeries and whatnot. I, I'm trying to get a hold of Dr. Gillum over at Ortho because I'm starting to have problems with my right shoulder that he fixed about 18 years ago. And I think I got another bone spur up in my shoulder that he's going to have to go in and saw. Oh, my gosh. So I get that taken care of. I'm getting used to it now. <laughs> You're a bionic you know? Dave. Yeah, they put stuff on me and, you know, they strapped a mask to make knockout. Uh-huh. I, I just go. <laughs> <laughs> let's I just, go. I, I, let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's do, this do this and this. get it over with, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how routine that stuff is now. My dad had a triple bypass surgery last year. And just within a week, he was out of the hospital and he was feeling fine. And he's been doing great ever since. That's fantastic. I, you know, I had that, quad, that quadruple. I had five five bypasses. <gasps> Holy How cow. many years ago was that? that? That's been six years now. And I feel great. Were you Were, were you overweight? A little bit, oh, okay. not really bad. But, uh, I had, it's my father had really bad heart disease, uh-huh. and uh, I lived with that with him uh, from I was in first grade when he had his first uh, heart attack. My goodness! But uh, anyway, uh, bad cholesterol and all of that kind of stuff. So we lived through all of that, and now I watch what they did with me, and know that they practiced on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the, way I mean, med- seriously. it's the way medicine grows. That's why they the call technology. it practicing medicine. It's true. You know, yeah. They it, practice stuff. There's, there's two things. That, this isn't a, uh, this is a cultural talk. This isn't a talk about medicine. No, but, I understand. But my father, um, he's retired now, and he was a physician. He said that there's two things that you look at in a good doctor, and it's the, the art of medicine and the practice of medicine. Two different things. But medicine is not as concrete as you think it is. It grows and there's challenges to it, and uh, those are the things that you have to keep in mind. Well, thank God it grows. Can you imagine if they were still sawing your legs off and they didn't have anything <laughs> to knock you out? Before the, before we went live on the air, <laughs> uh, we are talking about the late, great Norm MacDonald, yes. and I was listening to eight hours of him yesterday. And uh, he was talking about that because there was a part where it turns out he was a hypochondriac, and so he's talking to this gentleman about um, how medical procedures work, and he said, you know, you notice that, like, on the every time you read an obituary, it says uh, he died peacefully. Uh, she died peacefully. So you know why? It's because of a of a funny thing called morphine. <laughs> and uh, of course, you're gonna die peacefully. He's like, but my uncle, my my, my great grandpa Joe during the Civil War is probably like, ah, you know, it's pretty much how everyone was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the truth. That's that's just being true. Yeah. By the way, talking culture. What do you make of Dave Chappelle? Uh, I liked his last two specials. I haven't seen the recent one, but the what, fun- what is this recent one called? Open or closed? No, it's or called the Closer. I the think the Closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and man, the transsexual community is out oh, to they're, get they're, him. They're not happy with him. Yeah, they're, like- they're trying to cancel him. They want the and Netflix is actually standing by Chappelle, which yeah. is surprising because Netflix normally I, doesn't support. What do you expect like from Chappelle? I think they let go of the lady who was complaining. Too. So what oh, happened? Really? Was, okay. Well, the lady that was complaining, what happened was, was and this is the part of the news story that they kind of omit, was that there were three Netflix employees who were transgender, and they crashed an executive boardroom meeting, and so they oh. all got fired. They didn't get fired because they were complaining. They got fired because they barged their way into an executive meeting, and then started like you know. So they were trying protesting. to do code pink, is what they were trying yeah, to do. Exactly. Okay. So they yeah. they made an uproar, like an actual phys- like a physical disturbance at that uh, within the the offices, and that's what got them fired. But you know the the news media is kind of like oh like just ignoring that like no they got fired because they were transgender and they complained like yeah. no that's not what it was david Chappelle is one of the, i i think he's the new brilliant stand-up guy it used to be rock chris rock used to have this same kind of cutting edge 
on looking at uh, culture. But uh, Chappelle has been doing it forever. Well, if you're going to be a stand-up comic, you have to be fearless. And like, and like he's being fearless. Norm MacDonald was fearless. Um, yeah. And he got – you notice that he got – I'm not going to say canceled, but his presence got reduced. You stopped seeing him in movies and TV shows and stuff. And he used to do a lot of cartoon voiceovers, and then you started seeing him less and less in that. Um, same thing with, like, Chappelle. Like, he just kind of they, – they push you off to the side when they decide they don't um, – like the things you're saying, the the kinds of jokes you're saying, the kinds of um, people you're making fun of. Uh, comedy should be an equal opportunity offender. And once you start designating protected classes for comedy, then you lose it. You know, it's like um, on on Family Guy, they recast Cleveland because he was voiced by a white guy. And now there's this new mandate in cartoons that the voice actor has to match the ethnicity of it's, the character. It's called acting. I know, right? That's right? one of the most ridiculous things I've no. ever heard. Yeah, you literally play pretend. That's that's the point. Yeah. But now it's a thing. Like Apu on The Simpsons has been silent for the past couple of years since that documentary came out because they're trying to find an Indian actor to replace uh, Hank Azaria. Yeah. Yeah. Hank is a great actor. He is, and he's played lots and lots of different ethnicities. He's, he's yeah. played a poo for 30 years, and all of a sudden, like, oh, no more. They've already recast um, Dr. Hibbert and Carl on The Simpsons with black actors. They replaced um, the, the actors who were the white actors who had previously been playing them. Like, they're, they're very quietly doing this in all these shows. Jeez, you know what bothers me about that? Not more than 10, 15 years ago, all right, they would have said, uh, you know, can't have that black a- actor because. You know, he he speaks ebonics, so we can't have him. Mm-hmm. All right, but now it's like, well, we'll put him up there, whatever. And because it, it's, they would say that you're making fun of them by using them directly, just speaking the way they speak. Does yeah. that make sense? In their, in their natural language. Yeah, yeah. So it's I mean, just crazy. Is it's like, crazy in our country anymore? We make fun of accents. I mean, that's that's been it's it's. Maybe it's low-hanging fruit in terms of humor, but funny accents are funny, and we do it for everybody. We don't just do it with minority with Italian accents. Mario from Nintendo, he's, he sounds funny because he has like an, a crazy Italian I'm gonna accent. I'm going to be interested no? to see what the new Mario Brothers movie with is Chris going to be like. Yeah, what that's going to be like. I have no idea what that's going to sound like. It's it's either going to be a train wreck like the last Mario Brothers movie, oh, or it might be good. Who knows? It was a train wreck it really i love that movie it's, it is well, what was it the oomplas or whatever the goombas, I, the goombas. Yeah, I kind of like them that was all right it's a great it's a terrible mario brothers movie but it's a really good kids movie i enjoyed it when i was a kid as well but even back in like 1993 or whenever when it came out and i was eight years old i was like this has nothing to do with the video games <laughs> but it's a lot of fun it but. didn't <laughs> bob hoskins though was the spitting image mm. of mario i mean that yeah. was that was a casting call that i think they got spot on they got it right john oh, leguizamo not so john much Le- Zamo, he he had a bad take recently where he complained about the casting of Luigi, saying that uh, it was racist because Luigi's not Latino anymore. Like the only time Luigi was ever Latino was when you played him in the movie. He's supposed Luigi to be Italian. Luigi is Italian. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me say that name again, Luigi. Mamma mia! That that's not Latino by a long, long <laughs> shot. All right, quick break. We're back. It always goes fast when Mark and when when Tim are here. We'll we'll find out what they've been up to in the last year. We're going to make them uh, uh, parts of the show maybe once or once a month. Sounds good. I'd like to get you guys in here because it's always great talk. As as we always say, because of of uh, you know Breitbart and the folks who always said that culture is upstream from politics. What you know about culture will tell you what's coming in politics. 
Go back 10 years and look at what's happening now. All right. East End Towing, don't forget about them. Uh, their phone number is uh, 501. And by the way, pretty soon, all of us here in Central Arkansas, whenever you're calling somebody, we'll have to dial 501 first. That's coming up. Uh, we'll do a show on that. 501-888-8849. That's the number to call. And put that in your phone because what sets East End Towing apart from everybody else, one, they're part of the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They are licensed. They are insured. And every one of their trucks is permitted. Uh, They also know differences between getting out on the interstate and towing your vehicle and towing your vehicle on private property. And they know about cars. They know about uh, trucks, but how about boats and campers? Those are things that might need to be towed as well. Call East End Towing when you need somebody who knows what they're doing, and they'll take your car or truck or boat or camper where you ask them to, not to an impound lot. That's East End Towing. All right, back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. For the, for the life of me, today I've been, I don't know, brain dead uh i haven't been able to come up with names at times and things of that nature it's early in the morning day well yeah it, it is that and i didn't get all my sleep last night and i was up late after watching halloween kills and yeah, that's okay i had to ask tim uh who paul rudd was so yeah i got gotcha. you <laughs> you know rudd has been able to do okay uh who was the female hunt Hunt. Uh, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. not done so well after What's the last thing leaving that TV show. Oh, uh, mad about you, like way back in the yeah. 90s? I mean, they were the couple on television. That's Paul Reiser. Um, oh, Reiser. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Reiser. Yeah, that's Alien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alien. Yeah. <laughs> Alien. No, no, Paul Rudd's um, Ant Man. Um, but it's yeah. interesting. If you go back and you watch Halloween 6 from like 1993, whenever that came out, when Paul Rudd's like 20 years old, he's, he's like. And he's not playing a funny character because it's like his first role in a movie. So you're expecting him to crack jokes because he's such a funny guy now. And he's not playing that character. It's it's very uh, disarming. Paul Reiser. Like, what happened to him? I was uh, Elliot Page is who I was thinking. Oh, Elliot oh. Page, who's yeah. now uh, what's oh, uh, uh, what was her, her name previously? Ellen Page. She yeah. used to be Ellen Page. Yeah. And now she's Elliot Oh, Page. that's right. No. Yeah. It's, it's hard to keep up with. To be honest, though, she always kind of looked like a dude. Because so. they, 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 did, did, did they have some? Did he have sex conversion or anything? I don't think so. I don't think so either. A lot of people that to me would notice. be confusing. Well, because El, because uh, Ellen, it was Ellen Page. So unless yeah. she, she attaches something on, oh, him, that's which right. I, I don't okay. think that they can. No, do. I don't think they can do that yet. There's okay. a lot of. Uh, so within comic books, if you pay attention to you know comic book news, yeah, and I've been talking about already. There are a lot of comic book creators, a disproportionate amount of them who are transgender. Um, within just the comic book industry, it's like why do comic books specifically have so many transgender creators? Um, but you, you notice that a lot of them, though, they, they don't do any sort of surgeries or conversions. I don't they just change their names. I mean, just just from a clinical perspective, I don't think it's just that they are naturally there i think what happened is that they found out that after the marvel movies that the comics tend to be the springboard for those types of deals and then afterwards you have a lot of comics being optioned for netflix and stuff and i think they just saw the writing on the wall they just saw that hey this the the movement the lgbtq movement is trending 
And a lot of times you can get jobs just for your status alone. And so I think a lot of people, they just gravitate to that because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm the biggest Spider-Man fan. It's like they never read a comic in their life. They just saw like three Spider-Man movies and then they have the right credentials attached to it. And that's why they get pigeonholed into those roles. Well, we were talking earlier about how cartoons, you know, the voice actor needs to match the ethnicity or, or the identity of the character. And that's the new thing going on in comics. The writer has, and the artist have to match the ethnicity of the main character. So you can't have a man writing Wonder Woman; and it has to be a woman. You can't have a white person writing uh, Miles Morales; it has to be a black person. It's, uh, it's this. It's it's like segregation in regular yeah. movies. You can't be Jewish, okay? Like uh, what's her name? It plays Wonder Woman and mm. be, oh, Cle- Gal- and be Cleopatra. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. They're attacking that. She's still attached to that movie. We'll see if it. Continues. It's funny that the the people who attack stuff like that they never say a word about um, Gil Gadot. Uh, yeah, Gal Gadot. But people who attack stuff like that they never say a word about Koreans playing Japanese characters or Chinese actors playing Korean characters because like oh they're I all can Asian, make a right? joke about yeah. that, right, but I won't. You the, won't. Yeah. The, the left, the, the self righteous leftist is like, well, they look alike. Yeah, which is funny because it's Tim like, can make that joke. I can make that joke. Yeah, you Asian. can make that. I can't. And I, I hate <laughs> I, I hate it because it's pandering. So for the listeners out there, I know I've been gone from the show for a couple of months, but uh, I think the probably one of the most insulting things I've ever heard is. For example, what Shang-Chi came out a few uh, recently. People were Which like, was a good movie, by the way. I enjoyed sure. the hell out of that movie. Most, most of the Marvel movies have been very entertaining, but people would say, like, hey, aren't you very? Aren't you happy that you finally are represented in a, in a movie? Like, aren't you going to watch it? And I said, that's the most racist thing I, I've ever heard. Uh, growing up, no one cared about that. In fact, all of my favorite fictional heroes were mostly white, right? Um, and you, we were just taught to be colorblind. You you don't look at the surface traits. That's not what what's interesting. Well, it's or funny that to. there's that GI Joe movie that just came out, the Snake Eyes movie. I and, didn't even go see it. Snake yeah. Eyes is my favorite character, and he's always been white. But in this movie, they made him um, Asian. And the reasoning was like, well, why did you just change him from white to Asian? Like, because he knows karate. Like, that's your reason? <laughs> that, that's your politically correct reason for changing his ethnicity? Is that all Asian Everybody who's Asian knows karate. <laughs> right. yeah, I couldn't it's even, in their DNA. I couldn't stomach it. So, so Mark knows this, but Snake Eyes is a comic character as a, as a character of fiction in the cartoons. Uh, he's always been up there in my top five. I know the whole history of Snake Eyes off the top yeah. of my head. I read every single one of those G.I. Joe comics. And I was like, as much as they don't want to admit it, but it's like actually being a, a white guy is actually part of the identity. It's the fish out of water story. Same as like Iron Fist, where it's like you have a, an American soldier who goes to Japan and has to learn under his blood brother, like the the art of the ninja. So to change him arbitrarily into an Asian guy, I was like, you've just undercut a huge part of his story. And the whole thing is just ridiculous, but that just drives me mad. It's so manufactured because when Marvel made that uh, Doctor Strange movie, there's this character from the comics called the Ancient One who's Tibetan. They changed that to a white woman to appease the Chinese audience. And made her look Asian. Yeah, right? They shaved her head and everything, made her look like a a monk. But they specifically changed it from Tibetan to white so that the movie could get released in China and they could make more money. And you notice that the media silent on that because Disney owns, as a multimedia corporation, a lot of the news media. So they tell the news media when to get offended and when to keep their mouths shut. And they do. So it's offensive when um, it's not offensive when they change someone from Tibetan to white, but it's it's stunning and brave when they change someone from white to Asian. You know? Well, you know, <laughs> the one about the, the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. 
That hasn't been released in China yet. I don't th- no. It's not going to be released. That's a that's oh, a funny. Well, they thing. have said they won't. release They will not it. Okay. release it. And that's the funny thing because they try so hard to appease the communist Chinese party, and at the end they're like, "Oh, sorry, haha, <laughs> we're not putting it out here." <laughs> they either won't put it out, or they'll put it out for like a week, and then they'll find a reason to pull it. Like uh, there was that Disney movie, Raya and the Last Dragon, yeah, that got pulled. Yeah, and I think uh, the Mulan uh, live action one got pulled as well. Okay, thumbs up, thumbs down. Squid Games. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I heard it's, it's good. really good. Yeah. It's good. You like it. Okay. You gotta go see it. So uh you guys are gonna go see Dune? Uh probably not. I haven't read the book. I'm not a big Dune guy. Oh. Same see, here. See, I think Dune has the possibility if they do it because I look, when I was in college it was the book to read. Mm-hmm. All right, my Herbert. And uh, I'm rereading it now just to get yeah. my mind ready for the movie. Because it is a layered movie, to say, or a layered book, to say the least. It's a lot of po- politics and all kinds of stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing it again, and we're seeing what Dennis Villanueva, or whatever his name is, what he does with it. I hope they do it well. I like them to see them make all of the books. It could be the Cerebral Man's Star Wars. Well, third time's the charm. They've tried twice to adapt it. Maybe they'll get it right this time. Well, I think they've got the technology now to do the special effects that they got to make this uh, work with. Thanks so much, Mark, for coming in. Thank you, of course, Tim, for coming in as well. We'll set it up again to have you back on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll see you on Monday. Power panel's in on Monday. Coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.